Inspiration. Turn up the motivation. You're on the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Welcome to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsay. I hope you're having a better than good day today. I'm glad you're here. I know how much we enjoy when Zig Ziggler talks. So let's get started. Turn it up and we'll hear Zig together. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Clarence Francis, a businessman, had this to say. He said, you can buy a man's time. You can buy his physical presence at a given place. You can even buy a measured number of his scaled muscular emotions per hour, but you cannot buy enthusiasm. You cannot buy loyalty. You cannot buy devotion of hearts, minds, or souls. You must earn these. And true words were never spoken. I'm going to go back to that integrity issue that we talked about this morning. The Hudson Institute and Walker Information, Indianapolis Research Company, had this to say. If the employer is ethical, has integrity, builds on character, then 57% of the employees won't even listen to a proposal from anybody else. They're comfortable and they're confident in that person they are working with and there. It's 55%. Only 9% of the employees will stay if they don't trust the management. Just 9%. And you got that expense of running those ads, interviewing people, testing them, putting them through the routine, and then they don't fit in the company. It's terribly expensive to have the turnover when loyalty is bred with the fact that you find and try to discover what it is that people really want and work with them, uh, looking for integrity. Develop that relationship where you can absolutely depend on the fact that they trust you. Very, very important. When you look at all the things we're talking about, let me uh, ask you a question and see if we can make another point. How many of you recognize the name uh, Kevin Bryant and uh, Shaquille O'Neal? How many of you recognize that name? How many of you are basketball fans and know? I mean, it's Kobe Bryant, I'm sorry. How many of you are basketball fans and know that these are two superstars in every sense of the word? 
Many people, the coaches say, these are two of the top five basketball players in the world. Not being an expert, I'm going to depend on what the experts have to say. They make tons and tons of money. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the management of the L.A. Lakers gave them all their money because they had a benevolent interest in them and wanted them to do well? Or did they employ them and give them those big contracts because they expected to make money off of them? What do you think? Okay. Now let's talk about the impossible. Let's play like just for a moment the L.A. Lakers go bankrupt. Now say impossible, the lead won't let it happen. And they're making money hands over feet. But suppose they do go bankrupt. How many of you believe there's a pretty fair chance that Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant could probably get him a job somewhere else? Can I see you hands, please? All right. Let me ask you a question. Would they get the job somewhere else because they played for the Lakers or because they performed for the Lakers? What do you think? Okay, let me ask you a question. Suppose you work for XYZ Company and they go under. Would you get another job because you uh, worked for XYZ Company or because you performed for XYZ Company? Here's an answer to that one, isn't it? Who's responsible for your performance? You're not victims is all I'm saying. I know you don't feel like one or you wouldn't be sitting here all day. But what I'm really saying is, yes, there, yeah, there are controls that we can take. There are things that we can do that will make a difference. Now, it does take training for all of these things to come about. We've got to know how to do what we need to do. I've had uh, on many occasions somebody say to me, well, you know, why should I train my people and then lose them? Well, the short answer to that is one thing worse than training employees and losing them is not training them and keeping them. The reality is with training, you add value to the individual. Then the individual adds value to the company. You really can everything in life, have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. Now, let me simply uh, look at a little different uh, situation. You've been downsized. You've been let go. You've been fired. Now what, Brother Zig, are we going to do? Well, you got a choice. You can either respond to that or you can react to that. You can read in the paper where everybody's firing, nobody's hiring, which is a bunch of baloney. There are a lot of people that are hiring. For example, did you know that 130 million Americans are gainfully employed right now? Did you know that we have a 21% turnover every single year? That simply includes the people who have just come home from overseas. It comes those who've just graduated. It uh, includes everybody, 21%. That means that something like 26 million people are working on a job right now they did not have a year ago. Now that's really something. 26 million people have gotten jobs in the last 12 months. That's over 2 million new hires a month. That's over a half million every week. That's over 100,000 every day. So you go out looking for another job. Do you go out looking like the picture on your driver's license? Acting like somebody licked all the red off your candy? Or do you look out saying, he said, man alive, 100,000 people are going to get him a job today. I'm going to get me one of them. So your job becomes finding another job. Now, it might not be the best job that you want to have. But please always remember that it's easier to get a better job from employment than unemployment. 
What I'm really saying is, whatever happens, we need to respond to it and not react to it. Let me give you a specific example. When you get sick and go to the doctor, she gives you his prescriptions and says, see me tomorrow. You walk in the next day and she starts to shake her head and says, uh-oh, your body is reacting to the treatment. We're going to have to change it. You get a little nervous. But if she looks at you and smiles and says, hey, the prescription's working, your body is responding, you get excited, you're going to get well. Respond is positive, react is negative. How many of you know who Mark Cuban is? The fellow that owns the Dallas Mavericks, he's kind of outspoken. He's a little different from a lot of other people. You might have heard he's paid some pretty big fines. Uh, one of the things he said was the director of operations of the, all of the, the one in charge of all of the referees said he couldn't manage a Dairy Queen. That's what, that's what he said. Now, you see, the Dairy Queen people could have gotten all upset and said, what does he mean? He's insulting us. That would have been reacting you know what they did? They responded to that. What they did then was they called him and challenged him to come manage a Dairy Queen. The PR people say that before Cuban even got there, they'd gotten $5 million worth of publicity out of it. And they were, all over, they were lined up by the blocks when he showed up, and he was really working there. I mean, he was really putting his heart in it. And what he had done is he responded in a way that really brought some very, very favorable results. We can respond and say, I'm working, I'm going to get it. Now, sometimes the intangible makes a difference in a company. Some of you might have been keeping up with this. I just read it in the paper two days ago. Eduardo Nahara. He is a Mexican basketball player for uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Now, he's not the star. He only scores about seven points a game. He only has five rebounds a game. He only has one steal a game. But the winning percentage when he's on the floor goes up substantially when he's, as when he's not on the floor. Now, why is that? He brings those intangibles. If the Mavericks were ahead 20 points and it's 10 seconds to go. Eduardo is still diving to the floor to pick up that loose ball. He gives it 100%, full speed ahead, no halls barred, and he picks up the performance of everybody there when he's there. He's part of a team, and the team is what makes the difference. Personal performance combined with team spirit adds a lot of things to life. So when you're there, you want to always keep in mind, what is my complete role? Do I really want to make a bigger contribution than I am personally capable of doing by working just a, a little bit harder? Let me, let me do this. Let me remind you, here's what everybody wants. We've talked about it several times today. They want to be happy and healthy and reasonably prosperous and secure. They want to have friends and peace of mind and good family relationships and the hope that the future is going to be even better. That's what they want. Now, a survey done by USA Today discovered this. Employers ask what uh, their employees wanted. And here's what the employer said. Well, employees want more money. They want job security. They want opportunity for advancement. Those are the three the requests that employees want. 
But then when they went to the employees and say, what are the three most important things for you? Those were 9, 12, and 13. Number one was interesting work. Now, you can't always have interesting work, but you can do number two. You can express that appreciation for work done, and you can let them in on things. Now, I don't mean you show them the payroll of everybody else in the company, but you don't let the grapevine, which frequently is sour, be the source of information. You communicate. A simple hello, good job can do some incredible things. And then what they did is they went to the uh, company, the ownership of the company, and said, what do you want? And what they said was, we want loyal, productive employees, and we want a growing, profitable business. Now, if that's what employers want, let me ask you a question. Does it make sense if we will do our part in making the work as interesting as we can and by all means give appreciation when they've done something that's really good? Now, you don't give them appreciation for showing up. That's part of the deal. Let them know they're in on things, that you trust them, that you appreciate them. That will make a difference. Does it always work? No, not every time, but a whole lot of times it does. I do know that business owners can uh, increase their profitability by doing certain things to cater to, not to cater to, that's not the right word, to give the employees some of the things they want. Several years ago, how many of you remember the Chrysler cab forward model that they came out with? Uh, here about, what was it, 10 years ago or something like that? Oh, it was a big hit. They really had an explosion of business. At that time, we were doing some training for Chrysler. And one of the fascinating things I discovered was the management went to the workers. Can you imagine such a thing as that? And asked them, what can we do to improve productivity, improve your life, make it easier, improve the model, and so forth? And they had uh, several different suggestions. In those days, when they worked on the underside of the car, they had to go down in the grease pit. And sometimes going down those steps, you know, uh, they would slip and fall. And then they had to look up in order to do the job. They said, why don't you do this? Why don't you just lift the automobile real high? We don't walk down the steps. We'll save some of that. And then why not tilt it towards us? So instead of working like this, which is hard on our back, we can work more like this. Some amazing things happened. They reduced the medical bills over 90%. Amazing. The quality of the automobile improved substantially. Amazing. Uh, the sick days off because of illness or injury reduced dramatically. The stock went wild. The workers, workers were happy. Management was ecstatic. And the stockholders were absolutely beside themselves with joy. You really can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. What an interesting survey Zeke mentions. Bosses didn't clearly understand what their employees wanted, and employees didn't clearly understand what their bosses wanted. You might want to do a similar survey where you work and see if there's a similar miscommunication. By everyone having a clear understanding of what motivates each other, the workplace can increase productivity and morale at the same time. Until next week, this is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.